Be Wealthy and Smart, episode number 148. into a world of wealth and financial freedom without budgets, boredom, or bosses on Be Wealthy and Smart. And now, here's your host, Linda P. Jones. Welcome to Be Wealthy and Smart. I'm Linda P. Jones, America's Wealth Mentor, empowering women and men worldwide to financial freedom. On today's show, we're going to explain what the Brexit means. You're going to learn why the Brexit leave vote won what it means for Europe and the U.S., and the impact it will have on investments going forward. Because you always need to know what's going to do well from here, what isn't going to do well, and why. So I'll share that with you at the very end. The Brexit is the term for the British exit from the European Union, or the EU. It was voted today 52 to 48 to leave the EU. This impacts things like trade tariffs, migration, auto and car regulations, and the politicians engaged world leaders in a move to try and convince people to stay. They put a very hard campaign on and got world leaders, celebrities, and everyone they could to vote to remain, but it did not work, and the citizens prevailed. And it really is about three things. Number one, the EU is essentially an unelected government based in Brussels. So you have these leaders that have not been elected that have a lot of control and have been calling a lot of shots. And that's not democracy. So there's been a lot of angst and citizens in Britain were just not comfortable with having all of that power given away to Brussels and to be out of Belgium rather than right there in their own country in Britain. So those non-elected leaders being in power were a huge issue. Number two, immigration has also been a problem. And more than one million immigrants have poured into Europe from the Middle East, mainly Syria and other countries. And it's been a huge problem all throughout the EU. Germany has had huge issues. So the immigration has been a real problem. And you add to that the terrorist attacks in Paris and in Brussels, and people were really, really worried about the immigrants. Number three, people never voted for and did not want a political union and the interference of the European Union. You see, it's not just about currencies, and of course the pound did not become part of the euro, it stayed separate there, but for the rest of Europe, they joined their currencies together, but they also have been combining more and more and more politically, and that's not what Britain wanted either. They never voted for that, that's not what they wanted, and the establishment has sort of been pushing that on them. So these leaders were not elected by the people. They took power and control without elections, and in many cases without disclosing who's really in control even behind the scenes in Brussels. So it's really 
I think, a victory for democracy today. There's many, many other things going on, and now other European countries are going to be looking at, do they want to leave the EU? There is a vote in a couple of days for Spain to look at that. Scotland may want to leave the UK. Spain may take control of Gibraltar. Catalonia may leave Spain. I mean, it's crazy. So this could unleash a whole snowball of and chain reaction of effects, and we don't even know if the EU will survive. Even the Pope is saying that European countries need to figure out how to work together. So pretty much everyone's gotten involved and are trying to figure out where they go from here. The Prime Minister of Britain, David Cameron, resigned, effective in October, so it's going to be a few months from now when he actually leaves office, but he campaigned for Britain to stay, and since he lost that vote, he felt he should leave, so he resigned. One of his Conservative Party members, Boris Johnson, who is also a former mayor of London, voted for the independence, and some people speculate that he might be the next prime minister. If they can't get a majority together, they might have to have early elections. So that's unsettling in in Britain to know who's in charge and who's going to take control. They really don't know. In general, it's sort of rumored that younger people voted to stay and older people voted to leave. Of course, that's a gross generality, and I don't know how much of that is true, but there seems to be uh, some talk about the difference in the, the generations and how they felt about things. One thing that we know about interest rates is that they're low and heading lower, and currencies may also be headed lower as Companies who trade are going to have to sign new agreements and figure out what these new rules are trading between Britain and other EU countries. When you leave the EU, the agreement is that you have two years to negotiate that exit. So essentially, this will be negotiated for the next two years between an independent Britain and the rest of Europe. So, you know, whether or not these other countries try to leave, or not, it's it'll you know time will tell, but it's likely to get worse before it gets better. And on top of that, we're really unsure what the banks are going to do and how that's going to impact trading partners. You know, banks uh, put out loans and things for people who trade for commerce, and they're not sure about how that's going to work. Uh, for example, according to Vox News. Let's say if you're a Nissan or some other car producer with major production in the UK today, the same safety standards and environmental standards allow you to sell everywhere in the European market. According to Jacob von Kierkegaard, an economist at the Peterson Institute for International Economics, but if the UK leaves the EU, which it is, you would no longer be able to sell into other European markets, not because you face a small tariff, but because you have to go through another set of safety certifications. So this kind of thing would be repeated in every industry you can think of, they said. So that is overwhelming to think about 
you know, if you don't maintain these safety circumstances, you are going to have to renegotiate all those too, because they have one standard for all the EU countries. So, you know, assuming they'd be pretty smart to just maintain what they had and not change that, I think that can go fairly smoothly. But there's always the possibility that somebody doesn't agree with something or wants theirs changed or doesn't want to spend the extra money to do certain things that they have to do and wants their own rules. So we'll see how that all turns out. But other, another impact would be financial companies. And many financial companies had their headquarters for the EU in London. And now they were already on the news talking about moving their headquarters from London to either Germany or France, which are now the, you know, the next largest trading partners and most stable EU countries. Back in 1958, the EU was formed with only six countries, and today there's 28 in the EU. So Britain was actually the second largest economy. And the pound was down 8% just today and reached a 30-year low. So tremendous volatility in the currencies today. On the one hand, that's not good for purchasing power if you're a Brit. On the other hand, it will be very good for trade because English goods will be more affordable to other countries. So in one sense, that can be a boost to their trade. Today, the European financials, which are mostly banks, were down anywhere from 5 to 16%, which is worrisome. That was a big move down. And one bank that I've been watching is Deutsche Bank, the German bank that's had all kinds of problems, regulatory problems, fines, and downgrades, and is also the bank that has the largest position in derivatives, which is worrisome because if anything happens to Deutsche Bank, if it continues to get downgraded, if uh, it, it has some other financial hit to it, then that could cause another Lehman moment. So we're watching Deutsche Bank. Uh, we think that's the weakest link in Europe, and we're watching to uh, make sure that everything's okay there. Should Deutsche Bank go down, this could be really a, um, a huge indicator of volatility and uh, decline that will probably be, be systemic. So that's one to watch. According to Martin Armstrong, the real problem with the euro, we're talking the euro now, not the EU, is when they created the euro currency, they didn't consolidate all of the country's debt. So they have 18 countries that are part of the euro, and there are individual countries that have some economic problems that are different from other countries. Some are having slow growth and could benefit from interest rates going down. Other countries have fast growth and could benefit from maybe raising interest rates a little bit to slow that down or slow down some inflation. But you have a policy for the euro that there's one interest rate. So the EU's policy is that all of those countries that are part of the euro will have the same interest rate. So you can't separate that out and help one or address an individual country's problems. They have the European Central Bank, or ECB, which is like our Federal Reserve, or the Fed. And so 
you can't just provide stimulus to one country without doing it for all 18 euro countries. So that causes a lot of confusion. And as I said, there is an EU agreement that allows for two years to negotiate an exit. So expect it to be a long road ahead for this negotiation of what to do going forward and how Britain is going to exit. In the end, I'd say this was a vote for democracy, for the people, for freedom, and for independence from politicians who took power without being voted in. The EU was a governing body who took control, for example, with immigration, as I mentioned earlier. And so that was something that really got to people, was having to have over a million foreigners come in to Europe, just a huge number of people and really no plan, no organization for that. It, it's really been quite a mess in Europe taking in all these refugees. So how does all of this impact your investments? I know that's what you're thinking and wondering. Well, today the Dow Jones Industrial Average was down 3.39%. The S&P 500 was down 3.58%, and the NASDAQ was down 4.12%. And I would expect multinational companies who trade a lot with England and Europe to be down more and more until they have some clarity about what's going to happen. Because if you don't know if you're going to be able to have the same trade with with England or trade with the rest of Europe, or if the EU is going to break up, that's hard for companies to try and figure out what their sales are going to be, and that's really disruptive to their whole sales process. They also don't know if they're gonna to have to change regulations of things. For example, Boeing Aerospace was down 5.26 today. Would they maybe have to do things differently with Britain in delivering an airplane than they would to the EU. So it's conceivable that there might be different regulations now for Britain and Boeing just doesn't know and doesn't know what it's gonna cost them to comply with that, etc. So the market doesn't like uncertainty and it doesn't like these unknowns. So, you know, we had a big move down from Boeing more than the averages. We also had Starbucks down 2.58% and Apple down 2.81%. So I would expect a continued flight to safety. There's going to be people raising some cash, wanting to be out of this volatility a little bit. I would expect money to flow into the dollar because the dollar is going to be seen as more stable. The dollar has been very strong lately and it's going to even make the dollar stronger, which could contribute to a recession here in the US. And if you haven't listened to my podcast number 144 called Seven Signs Why a Recession May Be Looming, then I suggest you go and listen to that. And that will explain how the dollar might get stronger and how being stronger can contribute to a recession here in the US. I would also expect money to flow eventually into the US markets for stability and safety because there's going to be a lot more volatility in these European markets. And so I think eventually the money's going to come over here. But before that, I do think that we're gonna see a drop in our markets, and I'll talk a little bit more about that in just a minute. I would also expect precious metals to move higher as an alternate safe haven. And gold was up 4.91% today, silver was up 2.43%. So we're seeing the precious metals take, um, take in a little bit of 
that exchange for currencies, uh, something as an alternative, a, a store of value. So we're seeing the precious metals go up. We also saw the mining stocks, the ETF GDX, which is the ETF for a group of large mining companies, and that jumped 5.92% today. So very good move in the mining stocks today. We saw the inverse ETF SDS, which is the double short of the S&P 500, meaning for every point the S&P, or for every percentage rather, the S&P goes down, this goes up a percent roughly, and it was up 7% today. So we're seeing inverse ETFs increase. We also are seeing increased volatility in the stock markets in general as measured by what's called the VIX, the Volatility Index. The ETF symbol for that is VXX, and that was up 24.32% today alone. So I do think this can spill over into the U.S. markets and cause some uncertainty and confusion and a flight to quality, a flight to safety in U.S. markets as well, which could cause a pretty significant pullback here. But if it does, I think it's a buying opportunity because I believe it will be short-lived. And longer term, I see that there is a drop here and then more money comes from overseas that comes into the U.S. that will eventually, after this drop, cause an increase in classic stocks like those in the Dow Jones Industrial Average. So keep some cash available and watch out for the rise in volatility. Keep a cool head because there's likely to be some people panicking around you from these moves, these big moves that we're going to see in the market, like the 600 point move we saw in the Dow today. It's just the beginning. I think we have much more to come. That's all for today. Until next time, live the good life and be wealthy and smart. Thank you for listening to Be Wealthy and Smart with Linda P. Jones. Share the wealth and tell your family and friends about the show. Check out our website, blog, and social media for more riches at www.bewealthyandsmart.com.